You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to a very special edition of Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. Normally, we would have begun our fourth season with the legendary Mike North, but the passing of another sports legend, Les Grobstein, we thought it would be appropriate to dedicate some time to this very unique character, and we'll do so with another member of our media who knew less about as long as I did, 44 years, David Schuster. The debut of part one with Mike North will upload Wednesday morning. So with that, I hand it over to T.J. Reeves, the sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and host of Myriad Podcast and the man very much behind Tell Me a Story I Don't Know to guide us through. T.J.? George, thank you. And I know for the audience, this is an awkward situation. I'll just briefly explain again here that George has been planning the debut of his latest season for several weeks now. We're looking forward to hearing he and Mike North tell the stories uh, about Chicago sports radio and the birth of the score, the first ever all sports radio station. And then the horrible news obviously comes out about the death of Les Grobstein, who's been a Chicago uh, radio uh, figure, sports figure and sports radio figure on the score for many, many years. And George and I began to talk and I said, George, we need to do some kind of a show where you're obviously paying tribute to Les, giving your thoughts on this. And George did not hesitate. He said, I would love to do that, and I would love to do it with David Schuster, who's a longtime friend of yours, George, and a longtime uh, recognizable voice in the Chicago media. So, David, thank you for doing this. It's kind of short notice here. George and I on the fly, as I like to say, kind of put this together, and you were willing to come along with us. I wish it was a better circumstance that we were sitting here talking, but thank you, uh, David, and welcome. Yeah, no problem, TJ and, and George. And, and obviously, this is a labor of love. Um <sighs> I mean, I'm still in shock, obviously. I, and, and I think, George, you, you said it right right off the bat. You said Les is a character. I mean, there's no more of a character than Les Grobstein was. Um, be, but before we get into so many numerous stories, and some I just can't tell, obviously, but um, I have to preface by saying, among so many other things, Les 
honestly had a really good soul and a good heart. And, and I'll remember that more than anything else. I just really had to get this out of the way. You know, when my father passed some years back, Les was front and center in comforting me at that time. So, you know, uh, I, I just want to pay tribute to Les and, and George, you, I, and, and a few other people, our small clique, we were shoulder to shoulder with Les for so many, I mean, decades, to be honest with you, George. And, and so, yeah, the story should now start flowing. Well, we spent, I don't know how many years in the press, over 30 years. And with Les, I mean, I sat next to him, particularly at Wrigley Field with Red Mudlow. And, you know, depending on which way the wind blew, you know, that could be trouble sitting next to Les. (laughs) I'm telling you, it was quite an experience. But, you know, he's besides his encyclopedia of sports knowledge, he was such a unique person. I said he's one of a kind, and I'm glad to say that, because, and I'm also glad to say there isn't going to be another one of a kind like Les. Yeah, ab- absolutely, George. And you know what? I just went on his Facebook page, you know, just a short while ago, and honestly, the tributes from the listeners Friends that he didn't even know he had, Facebook friends, Twitter friends, what have you. Um, and and it, it's like they gushed, and rightfully so, obviously. He was their friend. He was their elixir at midnight. He was their cure for insomnia. Now, all the stories that he said on the air, I probably heard numerous times, <laughs> dozens and dozens of times. But he would you know, echo them time and time again on the air and regale everybody. And, and listen, I think you and some of your close friends taught me a long time ago, George, honestly, that with your best friends, you can make fun of them because that they are your best friends. And let's face it. I mean, the three of us needled each other like no tomorrow in the press box over all those years. But again, we were able to do so because we were friends. Les was a great punching bag. He couldn't really come back with a comment. I mean, games at Soldier Field, you were crying in laughter. The lines that were going back and forth with Les, but his responses were so odd that they would just make you, you know, in laughter. Forgive me for using that term. Les could do that. But, but you know, that was being Les. You know, he, Les was Les. And we'd always say, you know, Les is more, Les is less. But that's who he was. And I remember, because uh, I, I worked at Sports Phone, was one of the... I wouldn't say originals. I was like six weeks after they began or something like that. And David came a year later. And, and David, you, I you know, know you could attest to this. Les had an interesting couple of habits. Number one, it appeared as if he ordered Gino's pizza every day and watched the Three Stooges every day. It was nuts. <laughs> yeah, um, Three Stooges and Woody Woodpecker. Oh, that was another one of his big ones. <laughs> Yeah, the first time I met Les, he was watching Woody Woodpecker, and, and uh, you know, I had I didn't even know who he was, and obviously I got to know him over the last forty some odd years, like you mentioned, George. Um, I, again, so many, so many stories. Driving with him, I, I took oh. numerous trips with him. It was white knuckle experiences every time. You know, we traveled out of town. Uh, you know, there was the Cubs, the Bears, the White Sox, the Bulls, you name it. And and Les would go on the air, of course, during his midnight show, but he never was sure how to do it. So he would always go down to the business center at all the hotels 
and, and figure out whether with a fax machine or the copy machine, how am I going to plug in? Will I be able to stay up? He never got a room for himself because he never wanted to spend a dollar on himself, of course, or anybody else. Well, but, isn't it legendary that he slept a lot in his car? And by the way, I was in his car. And once you stepped in, you said to yourself, is there room for a human being in this car with all the junk he had in his car? Yeah, I used to call his car a file cabinet on wheels. That's, <laughs> that's really what his car was. Um, again, so many, so many experiences. And you know what, George? Uh, you know, again, looking at his Facebook page, and I have to remind myself also, Les did play-by-play for a lot of teams that people don't even know about. They're totally defunct. The yes. Rush, the Sky, the Bruisers, the Sting, the Hustle, the Horizons, the Shamrocks. I the mean, hustle it, still owes him thirteen thousand dollars. I can't. He make mention <laughs> that forever. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Les did not take care of himself. He worked no. those ridiculous odd hours at night, and I used to beg him, "Please, Les, once and for all, get off, get off this overnight shift. It's not going to do you well in the long run." He would go home and sleep for a couple of hours and help his girlfriend or somebody else. Again, he was a caring person beyond everything else, a caricature of himself, but a caring soul. And I, I will always remember that. You're listening to the voices of David Schuster. And obviously you're aboard here for George Offman's Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. I'm TJ Reeves. They're telling stories about Les Grobstein. And again, it, just in the timeline, so we let the audience know, we're doing this show on the day after finding out about Les's passing. In some ways, it's therapeutic for these guys. It's educational for me. And that's what David's referring to, the outpouring that is going on on Chicago sports radio in the Chicago media tells you how well-known and respected Les was for the craft. George, bring it back to the score. I know when you released the podcast about Mike North um, and, and about the birth of the score uh, as part of your podcast, you were part of it. Les Grobstein has been a part of the score and the overnight show. Just pick up on that point and how you're all intertwined with the radio station. I think Les joined... David, it may have been the late 90s, and then he was fired, and then he was brought back. But he did this, I mean, it was like a cult figure, because there are, I think, there are only two sports radio stations in the country that has a live overnight show with a local host, WFAN, and the score. And Les really loved to do it. I mean, you know, when we talk about how you are, um, you eat drink and sleep your business less was married to it you know he was married to it this was this was all about his life nothing else mattered you know i don't know why i just this came to me uh, david less uh was a great at organizing too he organized these baseball teams it's called the chicago radio all-stars crass this is like the early 80s and there was one game, David, when young Steve Oaken was behind the plate and he was the, he was the umpire calling balls and strikes. Well, Les was, I don't know, Les was swearing or whatever, and Steve threw him out of the game. <laughs> and, and Les, Les wait, looked at him and said- game, Wait, the game he organized? He yes. threw Les out of his own oh, game. Yeah. Okay. And, oh, yeah. and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, David, Les looked at him and said, you can't throw me out of the game, it's my game. <laughs> I was there and I can attest to all of that. And, and, and listen, Les was a good organizer. You're right, George. I mean, because he wanted to be part of a team also. Yeah. So that might have been his MO, but he brought us all along for the ride. We played the Cubs. We played the White Sox. Their front office is not the teams, obviously. Um, we played basketball. We played softball. We had a trip that we took 
to Kansas City that he worked out with the now defunct, obviously long defunct, Braniff Airlines, okay? And we went to Kansas City and it was a, a weekend where it was Noah's Ark. It rained for 72 hours. We never, I didn't, never left the hotel because it never stopped raining. The rest of us were in the bar drinking our you-know-what's off. Les went to a Metropolitan or whatever Kansas City Stadium. Royal was. Stadium, yeah. Royal Stadium to see the first ever rainout game in Kansas City uh, Royals franchise history. And that was typical of Les. You know, Les is obviously well noted for the Lee Elia tape, you know, that went around the world. And I was standing there along with him, but he recorded it. I, I, I was laughing so hard. I thought I was going to pee in my pants from the experience. And, and for a long time, Lee Elia was really upset with Les because he released the tape to the world, but they made amends to both their credits years later and they had a special function at the Harry Carey's restaurant near the ballpark and 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 I was part of that also I was part of so many things with Les you mentioned he did the overnight show I don't know how he did it I filled in for him periodically to talk five hours and sometimes he went as long as seven and a half or eight hours basically talking to himself but then again if anybody could talk to themselves it, wasn't <laughs> it was you know the the thing about Lee Elia and I was there too, but back then, and you know this, David, because you were freelancing as well, that we would split locker rooms. And I know that that day I went to the opposing team's locker room. Who remembers who the Cubs played then? And Les comes up. Just so you know, they were playing the Dodgers. Oh my. And Mike, Mike Marshall from Buffalo Grove High School was on that team and he was a local kid. So a lot of us went to that locker room first. Then we swung back to the Cubs. I didn't swing back to the Cubs. And Les <laughs> comes up and he says, you got to hear this. And here's five and a half minutes of some of the most vile stuff you've ever heard. It was priceless and pricey for me because Les gave me the tape and I was able to sell it to a lot of clients. And thanks to Les, because when I first started, Les had a couple of clients. Eventually I got some of his clients and built my own business. And so I thank Les in in part for helping me to, to build that. TJ, here's another one that's really, really great. Les had, David knows, he had a propensity of taking things. He got nicknamed by Bob Rosenberg, who's the official scorer of the Bulls, the nickname of the hand, which I think is the best nickname given to any human being that ever existed. So among the things Les would take was food. Oh, God. Mm. Lots of food. It's Soldier Field. You know, they would have, they still, I don't think they charged at Soldier Field up to the last time I was there, David. And, and so there was breakfast and then there was lunch. And Les would have his breakfast and he would have his lunch. And then he would come back and suddenly there were like four dinner rolls and five cupcakes. And we always wondered, David, Les, what are you doing with all that food? What did he do with all that food? Well, some he ate. Some he took home with him, I'll be honest with you. I mean, he, a lot of times he would go to Bulls games and get those take-home uh, containers and, and take them home with him, literally. Uh, other times, unfortunately, he left them. And sometimes he left these games early and they were like right in front of us. And honestly, the, watching the Bears was nauseous enough. But to have that old food sit in front of you the whole game <laughs> made it twice as bad. 
So, I mean, again, the stories are just endless, endless, endless in regards to less. Like I said, there's some I just can't tell. I'm dying to, but I can't tell on this podcast. And and we should make mention again, Les, for over a decade, right? George was on the score and in, 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 uh, on or off in the middle of the night. He was befriending, as you mentioned, the insomniacs, those working the third shift, the truck drivers, whomever. And there's been such an outpouring on the radio yeah. of people saying, I listened to him night after night after a Bulls game, a Cubs game, after a, a Bears Monday night game, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, again, one of the one of the voices of sports radio in Chicago, and and then you almost become, you said, click earlier. You almost become like a family with the audience, especially if you're the nighttime guy or in the middle of the night. It is like a a, a family of, of who's out there and who's listening. A weird family, maybe at times, but who's there? All I know is that he was. I think people who do overnight shows become cult heroes, don't they, David? And I think that Les was a cult hero. Absolutely. Eddie Schwartz was a longtime overnight host on a different radio station doing a different format, obviously. And he was a cult hero also to his listeners. And again, George, if you if for you or anybody, just go back on Les's Facebook page today, unfortunately, the day of his death, or actually the day after now, and, and see how many people were were just so passionate about what Les helped them out with their own lives. That that is the beauty that I don't. I don't know if he honestly knew about that, to be honest with you, George, but it's 100% true. Well, I, to, to, to summarize and to, to complete this, um, we've lost two very valuable, valuable human beings in the last three weeks. Uh, J.D., Jeff Dickerson from ESPN Radio um, here in Chicago, who died very young, I think at the age of 44, this several years after his wife died of cancer as well, leaving an 11-year-old son. The outpouring of emotion then was just extraordinary. And it is today. They were two very different people. Les was 69. He left long before he should have, but he didn't take care of himself. And unfortunately, this is what wound up. But I don't. there'll never be anybody like him. He was old school. Uh, he was never new school. He used the same tape recorder for, I would like to tell you, 35 or 40 years. He stitched up that recorder. I was going to say, not, how was it still working 30 years later? That's who amazing. The, who, who the hell knows? But he also, I think, David, used the same microphone, which was, he, he'd always say, this is the same microphone I used to interview Lee Elia. And it was that microphone that Paul Canerco of the White Sox wanted to purchase from Les. Uh, True story. And Les was not (laughs) able to go to the Sox games in those final years. So I became the middleman negotiator um, to see how much, excuse me, Paul wanted to offer for it. It never came to pass. But Canerco was so enthralled with that story and the Elia tape. And by the way, Les had numerous tapes of Dave Kingman and Tommy Lasorda and Ralph Gar and so many others ranting and raving. That was one of his <laughs> other claims to fame. He loved Paul, it. Can- Paul Canerico wanted to buy it. Unfortunately, that never came to pass. Mm. Well, finally, <coughs> and I will I will say this. Uh, Les loved Beavis and Butthead. I barely <laughs> saw that. Oh, my God. But his favorite words were, oh, you God. suck. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, you know, Les really did not have a mean body, a mean bone rather in his body, George and TJ, but there were two things that you could always count on that he hated. 
the Green Bay Packers. Yep. Mm. And he called them names I can't once again say here. <laughs> and he hated Kentucky basketball. He always ragged on Kentucky basketball. And again, names I can't use. So again, a kind-hearted soul. But if if you didn't like something sports-wise, oh, he let you know it. Well, my humble thanks to you, TJ Reeves, for guiding us through. And Nick Tochi, who came up with our wonderful graphic. And to our sponsors for understanding the situation. Our deepest condolences to Grobber's legion of fans, which there were so many. The season debut of Tell Me a Story I Don't Know begins Wednesday morning with Mike North. And you'll definitely want to listen because, ironically, the voice of the late Les Grobstein can be heard. Thanks so much for listening. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.